0: at the height of the second world war under the cover of darkness a nazi u-boat surfaced in the bay of fundy and dropped off a lone spy on melvin's beach near saint martin's new brunswick you're listening to backyard history the hidden stories that happened in your own backyard the podcast version of the weekly history column running in newspapers across the maritimes with your host and author Andrew McLean. The Nazi spy's mission was to go to the port city of Halifax, which was one of the busiest ports in the Atlantic at the time. There, he was to learn about the shipping routes and times, and transmit that information to U-boats waiting at sea who would intercept and destroy the ships on their perilous journey to the UK. This U-boat had previously hunted Allied shipping in the Atlantic before being recalled to occupied France for an unusual special mission. A single well-trained German spy, Lieutenant Alfred Langben of the Abwehr, which is Germany's military intelligence unit, boarded the submarine. On April 25th, 1942, The U-Boat departed for Canada's east coast. Seventeen days later, that U-Boat arrived off of Grand Manan in New Brunswick. The U-Boat commander was anxious. The bay was heavy with a thick fog, and he quickly realized that the map of the coast he had been given was not accurate. He had also not been adequately forewarned about just how strong those tides were. The Bay of Fundy, of course, has the highest tides in the world. Nonetheless, the captain pressed on. He took a full day to cross the bay, staying close to the shore and recording every light he came across in his notes. He recorded shipping navigation lights, which still operated even during the war. And as he drew close to St. John, he recorded powerful searchlights sweeping across the dark waters, looking for submarines such as his. The U boat stopped off the coast of the small village of St. Martin's the next day, parking off of Quaco Ledge, and through the periscope the German spy watched the tiny little fishing village until nightfall. That night, the U-boat moved onwards, past St. Martin's, to Melvin's Beach, an isolated, long, flat, open area surrounded by towering cliffs, which was deemed a good place for the spy to land. As the U-boat moved into position, the German spy put on his full uniform, punishment for being caught as a spy would have meant being shot. If he was captured in his uniform, the Canadians would have to treat him as a prisoner of war. Just exactly what the highest tides in the world meant became all too clear to the Germans when they launched a dinghy from the submarine to drop the spy to the shore. What had been expected to be just a short jaunt to the shore turned into a massive four-hour ordeal. The sailors did eventually make it to the beach, dropped off the spy, and rowed back to their U-boat, which soon dipped below the dark surface and disappeared. Now completely alone on a cold May night in a strange land, the spy changed into civilian clothes and burned his uniform on Melvin's beach he buried the charred remains amidst its pebbles. The U-boat had been ordered not to leave the Bay of Fundy until it sunk a ship outside of St. John. Once again, beset by bad fog and increasingly annoyed with these enormous ties, the U-boat commander departed the Maritimes without sinking anything. That night, the spy walked the two and a half hours through the dark from the isolated beach near what is now Fundy National Park to the nearby fishing village of St. Martins, which the spy had earlier watched through the U-boat's periscope. When he finally arrived in St. Martins, he ventured into the first shop he saw, which was Hutkey's General Store. There, the spy promptly introduced himself as Alfred Haskins from Toronto. Far, far from being questioned about being an outsider, the spy found that he was warmly welcomed. In the general story, he met several local people and uh, he found that they were surprisingly friendly to an outsider such as himself. Meanwhile, the locals were quite surprised and perhaps a little entertained to learn that this mysterious Torontonian was asking where to find public transit to St. John. There, of course, was no public transit in the small fishing village. Instead, the helpful people of St. Martin's offered to drive the spy all the way to St. John. The German spy purchased a hat at the general store before he left, leaving his own behind at the shop. Nobody at the general store questioned him about his distinctly out-of-date Canadian money. Despite being a high-ranking and well-trained Nazi spy, Lieutenant Langman decided sometime before he reached St. John against completing his mission. He took his transmitter and his papers and he buried them. Once in St. John, he made his way to the train station, according to his orders he was now supposed to make his way to Halifax. Instead, he bought a train ticket to Montreal. He had decided to start a new life in Canada. The spy seemed to have done the exact opposite of lying low though. He traveled Canada. He made it all the way west to Flin Flon, Manitoba before eventually returning back towards the east and settling down in Ottawa, the nation's capital. In 1944, he ran out of money and he surrendered to the Canadian authorities. When he tried to surrender, the RCMP were initially skeptical of his story about being a secret German agent. It was only when he led them to the charred remains of his uniform on the St. Martin's beach when they were finally convinced that he was actually a Nazi spy. The RCMP investigation told a story that began with charred ashes of an enemy uniform on an isolated New Brunswick beach, a buried transmitter near a small fishing village, a remarkable amount of bar patrons all the way from Montreal to Manitoba talking about a friendly character who had explored Canada not as a spy, but as a tourist, and a man who settled down and lived a quiet life in Ottawa. Deeming that he did not actually do anything, the Canadian authorities chose not to prosecute Lieutenant Langben for being a Nazi spy. Alfred Langben spent the last year of the war in a prisoner of war camp and was then released. That was another episode of Backyard History with your host, Andrew McLean. Stay tuned for next week's episode for another hidden story that happened right in your own backyard.